What's up, everybody? Welcome to It's In Season, the anime podcast that is following along with you during the winter 2017 anime season. We are talking about Scum's Wish and Chaos Child. I'm David, also known as DJM. Joining us this season uh, is the anime reviewer girl, Shay. What's up, Shay? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing the very best that I can, but talking about anime with you and Cody is going to make things that much better. Isn't that right, Cody Anderson? Yeah. Isn't it nice when you enjoy watching anime again? It's, it is nice. I mean, we, we skipped a season. We, we tried our best with prison school, but since jumping back in with this in season, anime is pretty good. And we, we have two shows that we're talking about, but just, just to quit, do a quick wrap up on 2016. Uh, I'll throw this around just for a quick minute. Uh, Shay, you first. Uh, did you get caught up on Yuri on Ice since it's being talked about again, since it won anime of the year? Did, did you, did you get caught up on it? I did. I actually got, I watched it from beginning to end. It took me a couple of days. And I watched it. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you think overall? How, how'd you like it? I, I know you did a video on it, but uh, let, yeah. let's get your quick take. I did. I liked it. I really did enjoy it. I did find the uh, ice skating sequences to be a little bit long once I got more further into the show. And surprisingly, the music I liked in the show wasn't even the opening and the ending song it was one of the songs a different ice skater used as their music was like my favorite song in the show but overall it was actually pretty cool yeah very cool very cool so that that's another positive review another thumbs up for yuri on ice and hey i i didn't hate it uh we jack and i talked about it at length on apos uh cody i know you caught up on it too Uh, it won 2016's anime of the year what do you say I'm going to stop you right there. Erased was robbed. Cody, this is why you and I are friends. This is why you <laughs> and I are our podcast buddies and we're friends, because more often than not, we're very much on the same page. But we're not moving even forward. Because, Go it's ahead. not even because we discussed Erased on It's in Season in the past. It's really not, but yeah, Cody, I'm, I'm with you on that one in 2016, but we're moving forward into 2017 and we're talking about our first show, Scum's Wish. Uh, the first couple of episodes have come out. Uh, episode one was called Make a Wish. We're introduced to our two main characters, Mugi and Hanabi. Uh, they're dating. They're a pretty popular couple in their high school, uh, because this is an anime. It's always high school. But there is a bit of a twist in the fact that they're both in love with someone else while dating each other. And they're only just kind of doing this so they're not 
alone and miserable. That's the hook. Mugi is in love with a young teacher that used to be his tutor, Hanabi, another teacher who has been a family friend for a very long time. Uh, all right, Cody, uh, you first. We, we've jumped into Scum's Wish. Uh, and what if, what do you think about how we were introduced to this show and this premise? Hmm. You know what? Now this, this is one of the buzzing shows of the winter 2017 season. Like when I went into Scum's Wish, I'm not really familiar with the manga. Like all I know that it's much easier to access the manga than it, it is to watch this anime, seeing as you have to have Amazon's new terrible anime service. But for me, Unrequited Love is like a concept familiar to most, and most of them probably experienced at some point. But Scum's Wish puts a twist on that concept, as you mentioned. And, you know, it does not intend to tell the, the old, age-old story in the same way. You know, I welcome a fresh perspective, and that's what we're getting. This is an emotionally complex story, after all. But overall, the first episode had me feeling some sort of way. I mean, a mixed feeling in general. I like the characters somewhat. Like, there's a strange combination of relatability and likableness in them. And the animation is nothing to brag about, but the colorization can be extremely pretty. But another thing I liked was the use of panels, which helped showcase emotion at a particular moment with the various characters like uh, Hana and Mugi. But uh, what caught me by surprise and bothers me is her interest in her brotherly figure. Like, I know he's not exactly related to her, but it just screams that the whole situation is wrong. It's going to be interesting how they how they take this taboo story. But I, another thing, we're going to have to bump the rating of It's in Season to MA after watching Scum's Wish. You know, I've actually been thinking about that because there was quite a bit in the first two episodes of this podcast that really made me kind of uncomfortable. There were some some subjects that and some moments that were very very mature. Uh, and given mm-hmm. that this show revolves around two high school students and their infatuation with two adults, let's not mince words, it, it is a little, a little strange, especially when you throw in the whole Onisan, uh, dynamic with Muki and that particular relationship. Uh, Shay, h- how are you feeling about it so far? I'm, I'm like it. Honestly, when it came to the first episode, when I was first introduced to both the characters, I kind of got a weird sense of a cliche, just a little bit, because I felt like it's something I had kind of seen before, maybe not in anime, but in like regular movies and things like that. Because when they started to introduce the characters and when they started to come to the whole pact of that they were going to date um, due to the fact that they can't have the people that they want. It made me think of like when you see in movies where people have a friends with benefits kind of a situation where they're together. It's a, it's but a rom-com. It's right. like a rom-com. <laughs> right. And that's what, made me, that's what made me think of it. And it also made me feel like kind of like I feel like I knew where it was going until I watched the episodes after and then it threw in some wrenches. I was like, okay, this isn't what I thought. 
Um, I'll throw this one around because I, I just mentioned it that I think that both of their affections, uh, both characters, Mugi and Hanabi, both of their objects of affection are, seem to be significantly older than them. Yeah. And that was a little weird. But again, this is anime, so sometimes that's not surprising. Uh, Shay, I'll ask you first. Did you pick up on that? And am I the only one that thought that, especially with episode one, it was pretty jarring? I, I just found the whole thing rather jarring with how both of them were attracted and interested in, I, I guess, objects of affection that were significantly older than them uh, adults and teenagers and this is i i guess i'm starting to get a little bit uncomfortable with how often this shows up in anime uh, what do you think it is a little bit jarring and i feel like it's more jarring if those actions were acted upon i guess but i guess it's kind of this sounds weird for me to say but it's kind of like when i've heard of like other teenagers finding a teacher attractive. Now, not to the sense where like you want to date them, but you just find them attractive and you're just like, they're just really cute or they're nice looking. So maybe it's not that uncommon, but I guess it would be uncommon for the instance of if things were taken a little bit further than that. And I think what also throws me off though is with Hanabi calling the teacher that she likes on. Oni-san. Like, that is what throws me off. It's like she thinks of him as her brother. That makes it weird for me. That That's exactly what I was talking about, Cody. <laughs> that and, and I put, weird. <laughs> I, I wrote that in my notes. It, it's, it's exactly this. I said, it's a little weird that Mugi calls her teacher Oni-san. And because it's Japan and this is an anime, of course he's the homeroom teacher. Uh, Cody... <laughs> Uh, I really was weirded out by this. Uh, how about how about you? And we'll, yeah, we'll head to the next episode. Yeah, I was definitely weirded out by it. But for me, it's almost like we are normalized to the idea of this in anime. Mm-hmm. But to me, the the big issue is the language being used. Yeah. If it's for me, strangely enough, I don't feel weird with Mugi Mugi liking his tutor in a sense because he doesn't feel like that's his sister. Or doesn't call her his sister. So I don't feel so weird about that relationship. But with Hanabi, I feel that relationship, that relationship that she likes someone that she calls her brother. So I feel like it's like a weird catch-22. It, it weird, really um, is. Yeah. So like one relationship, you're kind of like, it gives you a very strange feeling. But the other one, you're kind of like, I like I get it. I understand it. But the other relationship, you're just like, I don't. I this is makes me feel icky. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of gross. Yeah, it's it's a little uncomfortable, uh, and it gets even more uncomfortable. I think in episode two, when we see all of these fantasies Hanabi has about being a princess, and uh, all of this was about finding her prince, and she thinks that her her not older brother older brother is the prince that she has in mind and i don't know if you guys caught on to this or not but in the first two episodes of this show there's a pretty big tonal shift in the second act of each episode uh cody did you notice this 
like in the second act of each episode so far. Yes, mm-hmm. there was a bit there was a bit more humor in the first half than the second. There's a darker, more complex tone with the emotional story. Uh, yeah, I found this, given that this story seems to be so dark and they're playing it with such a level of kind of almost intense longing and angst that for it to jump into almost comedy slice of life territory, it's, again, I'm going to use this word, it's it's jarring. Uh, the show really seems to be just going all over the place emotionally. Uh, Shay, did you catch on this, like, in the in the second act of both of these episodes? Yeah, so it definitely went from the first ep- the first part of the episodes, like you mentioned, being very humorous and kind of going into the story more, and you kind of see the relationship between Mugi and Hanabi in that more couple sense, or them acting like a couple, just a little bit. And then with the second half, it's like you start to see more of their emotions come out about how this entire relationship is kind of messing with their emotions, especially Hanabi, who seems to be caught in between a lot about whom she likes and Mugi, who she's with. And you see that push and pull. And the same goes with Mugi because he seems to go back and forth with um, into his past or into his memories in the second act a lot more during the second half of the series. It's like you see more of their emotions in the second half and how they really truly feel in the situations that they're in. Uh, No doubt. Uh, And I think for the second episode, we kind of have to talk about uh, the scene in episode two. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys know the scene that I'm talking about uh, where Hanabi and Mugi were in bed together. And it, again, uh, is it just me? And Shay, I'll ask you this one first. Is it just me? But so far on this show, they seem to be doing a lot of going out of their way to really, really sexualize Hanabi. I mean, I get that she's kind of the main character of the show, but the way they're doing a lot of this and they're kind of showing that she's really, really just all over the place. It's, it's a little jarring again. It's, and it's pretty alarming. Uh, Shay, uh, I'm, I'm sure you caught this scene in, in the second episode. Uh, what did you think about this whole thing going on with her? With, they are really, really trying this. They are trying very hard to sexualize her. And in a weird way it's like she herself doesn't completely understand it because they're trying to sexualize her but then she also has that weird innocence about her because she doesn't completely know what she's doing strangely enough because it definitely looks like Mugi is definitely more experienced than she is so it's like a it's like a hard way to explain it but I definitely see it with her character because she doesn't understand what's going on sometimes she doesn't understand what's going on and and sometimes it seems like she's really trying to disconnect herself and disassociate herself from the whole thing and mm-hmm. she's like really really trying to think of of her teacher her onisan teacher through the whole thing and it was just it was really really strange uh, Cody what do you think yeah it, it comes down to that both of them are teenagers and you have to watch this 
mm-hmm. and it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable doing so. But at the same time, you have to think that they are teenagers and they are at a sexual awakening period in their life. And like Shay mentioned, that Moogie is a little more experienced than she is. And she's still trying to figure out what love is, all the aspects, and she doesn't quite understand any of this. She's a little in over her head right now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to feel a little bit over my head on this show, and it's only two episodes in, but not necessarily in a bad way. It just it just seems like there's a lot going on, and it's it's kind of a dark show, guys. Yeah. Go ahead. I noticed that it's like I mentioned before, I for at first I thought I knew where this show was going. And then they threw some things in there that definitely made the show a lot, a lot darker. And I feel like it's only gonna get darker from there emotionally. Cause you're gonna I feel like you're really gonna see what how emotionally this plays in with both characters. And I feel like you're definitely gonna see more with Mugi's past. And what he's gone through and why in some ways and during the show, you see him become very detached to everything that's going on or what's going on with him. And I thought you're going to, you know, I thought you're going to notice that a little bit more. And one thing I did want to bring up briefly, did any of you guys catch the Yuri moment that happened in the second episode? Yes. Yeah. That was what threw a wrench and for me, for the series, because that I didn't think that was going to happen, and I was like, "Okay, all right." Yeah, in my notes, I have goes. Yuri on ice, but I don't see a happy <laughs> ending happening for this show, though. No, and it's like now I thought you're going to see all those other side characters come in that want to be with the two characters besides the two people that they want to be with, and it's going to be several, several. I see several love love triangles throughout this entire series and several feelings being hurt you guys remember it in the debate episode i called this like the bizarro skull rumble and the fact that there are going to be more characters and more love triangles that this is definitely kind of reminding me uh, of school rumble in that way except it's just it's being played much much more serious and with a much much darker tone than School Rumble ever did. Uh, but yep. it's still really interesting. But let's jump in to our next show, Chaos Child. Uh, again, this is one of the science adventure series. Uh, it's based on another visual novel where we are following a young man named Taku as he and his high school club are investigating a string of murders in Shibuya in Japan. Uh, episode one uh, was called Chaos Head Digital Native. Now, this one was uh, an extra long 47-minute episode. Uh, it had kind of a, a a prologue at the beginning, and then the official first episode uh, added on a little bit more. Uh, Years after an earthquake destroyed much of downtown Shibuya, the city is rocked by a series of brutal murders. A man eats his own hand. A woman rips open her own stomach and stuffs a speaker inside. 
Takaru Miyashiro is a student at Heiko Academy and is investigating these murders as part of the school's newspaper club. But when he finds a break in the case, it turns out to be closer to him than he ever thought. Uh, this, this first episode of the show, uh, it was 47 minutes, uh, and they threw a lot out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Shay, what did you think? Chaos episode, Chaos Child, uh, first episode going in. I liked it. And the main reason why I liked it is because I know that it was a, this is considered a sequel to Chaos Head. And mm-hmm. since I had not seen Chaos Head, it was actually kind of good for me to see the first episode because then I kind of got a premise for what happened in Chaos Head and what I was kind of most likely be looking at and expecting to see in Chaos Child. So, I liked it. I realized just how crazy the whole situation was. I was just like, what is with all these different murders? And I was just like, this, it was just crazy, but it definitely got me interested in like, not like I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen next and see what exactly was going to happen with chaos child and how, you know, with everything now coming back again, um, would, what was going to be the ultimate, you know, ending. Uh, Cody, uh, you and I on this podcast for multiple shows, uh, we here at It's In Season love a good mystery show. And uh, I feel like Chaos Child has that potential. How about you? I do. For me, though, I see this group as the group of high schoolers as a more extreme version of the Scooby-Doo gang. You know, they're a group of kids playing detective, but unlike Scooby-Doo, they're actually getting involved in brutal, brutal murders. <laughs> I wasn't expecting how sick some of these scenes actually are. Mm-hmm. Like like the bed scene in particular is visually disturbing, and maybe it sounds wrong, but that's exactly what I wanted from this show, and I got it. I, I can understand that. Like, the one that really caught me off guard was was uh, in the second episode with, with the hand, where the, the girl called... Taku and then mentioned the hand and then later on we see the severed hand uh and i'm really you mentioned the the scooby-doo gang uh shay cody did you guys ever watch eden of the east yes okay no i've heard of it though okay Uh, in my opinion a really great show um that's kind of in in my opinion, that's kind of what this reminded me of, and that here we have these kids that are trying to, in some way, solve a mystery and save the world. But the the Scooby Doo gang is a great comparison as well. Um, what I really liked about going into this show is that it takes place in the modern world, and it didn't feel fake or forced. Like, they're talking on the internet. They're talking in a way that people on the internet talk. Uh, you saw a, a, sh- a live streamer, uh, that was killed and it had like the scrolling across the screen like they do on Nico Nico. And it, it all felt very much like in real life in the modern world. And when an anime does that really well, I really appreciate it. So, I, I, for me, that, adds almost another element of suspense to it because it feels like this is something in some ways this is something that could happen in today's world because we have 
a serial killer. This is essentially a serial killer story that they have to find. And the twist with the main character, Taku, uh, was really, really fascinating. Uh, Shay, how are you feeling about this one? I'm feeling good about this one. I feel like it's, I feel like it's making me want to go along with them and solve this mystery and figure out what's exactly going on. Just like Cody said, some of the scenes were quite jarring where I wasn't expecting all the gore, but like him, I was kind of, ex- I was kind of glad that it was, that it's showing all of this, but I'm thoroughly, I'm thoroughly enjoying the show and I can't wait to see what's going to happen next and what breakthroughs that they're seeing with this case and what's going to happen next. Now, I don't know about you guys, but after the first episode, and maybe it's just because I've been sick and I was a little out of it, but I don't want anime to do a 47 minute first episode again. Cause that, that was a, that was, there was a lot of things that were thrown into the first episode that I'm glad I was taking notes cause it was hard to follow at times, but maybe that's just because of, I've been so out of it. And at the beginning of episode two, uh, they seemed to throw a lot of information at you, uh, with a lot of kind of written dialogue and a lot of stuff on the screen. Uh, it was exposition and that can be done in lots of different ways. Uh, episode two was called sumo sticker. Uh, after Takuru is taken in by the police, Kurisu wants him to give up the case, but he's noticed something. The sumo stickers have been placed all around town, have something in common with the murder scenes. He puts up a camera near near the wall of sumo stickers that just appeared, but when Kurisu finds out, she leaves in the middle of the night to take it down. And we're off and running. Now, the opening to this was really disturbing, and... It really threw a lot of information out there, like I said, but it was kind of hard to take in all at once. But it's okay that they're doing this because I get that this is a a mystery show. And from what I could tell, this doesn't look like it's going to be a 12 or 13 episode show. So they have time to tell the story, which is okay. Uh, Cody, uh, episode two, what (coughs) what did you think of episode two? Well, you just mentioned for the last episode, if it feels real, and and I agree with that. And this episode it felt the same way with the new broadcaster that was introduced as the character, as she was reading off, and she was doing the news. But it felt like a podcast to me, in a way. It was informative, and she was letting people know the truth, not the alternative facts of the situation. But I just realized earlier that i watched occultic nine last season i don't know if either one of you watched it but it's actually set in the same universe kind of like the steins gate universe but yes those characters on the show um they were sort of like kind of a detective style as well but they kind of just accepted the fact what was happening and chose not to investigate unlike this current group we're watching you know the ending continued the momentum for the show for me and it instantly made me excited for the next one. Like, Chaos Child's doing what it should at this point. I like it a lot. I do, too. Um, two episodes in, I'm still very, very intrigued. Uh, I won't say that it is on the level of Erased, 
but I'm definitely <laughs> interested. And like I said, we all here at It's in Season love a good mystery. Uh, how about you, Shay? Yeah, I definitely also enjoyed all the mystery shows I've seen. I definitely thoroughly enjoyed a race when that was out. And I'm definitely looking forward to see what more happens with Chaos Child. I think I probably do need to go back and watch Chaos Head. Um, in some ways for me to completely understand a little bit with Chaos Child. I understand it a little bit, especially thanks to the first episode, since it did kind of do a recap of Chaos Head. Um, so I do need, I feel like I do need to watch Chaos Head to understand a little bit with Chaos Child. But overall, I'm getting the gist of the, the show and what's going on. Um, but I'm thoroughly enjoying all the characters and wanting to know more as far as, you know, what happened on that, you know, that last day with all these kids and what they experienced. Uh, me too. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So looks like we made two really good picks. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely interested in how this goes because I've enjoyed all of the anime that have taken place in this universe. Uh, I watched Chaos Head way back when it came out. Uh, Steins Gate, of course, everyone knows. Uh, and uh, Robotics Notes and um, the one that Cody just mentioned that I can't remember. because Occultic Nine. Occultic Nine, yeah. So all of these have been really good, and I'm, I'm excited to follow this one, too. Uh, I'm, like Shay said... As gruesome as the murders have been, I feel like they kind of have to be that way for a show like this in this universe because everything else in this universe is so intense and so real and so modern and it really helps. It makes you, it, it feels like there are stakes. It feels like something is on the line. I think we have a really, really interesting character in Takaru in that he's having delusions of what he's seeing and what he isn't seeing. And sometimes that might, that could go in a weird, interesting direction. Uh, from what I read about the visual novel, that could be really, really fun to keep a track of. And it seems like, given what I saw from the visual novel, the other characters in the show might actually be interesting in their own right. So overall, I think this is looking really good. Uh, I'm I'm liking that so far, it kind of felt like they threw out a lot of information in the first two episodes, but not enough to totally spoil anything. And it feels exciting. The show feels exciting. Uh, Shay, I, I would say that that's how I'm standing. Like, it feels like an exciting show. I'm, I'm ready to follow along with these guys. Yeah, I am definitely too, especially because I want to know more about Takaru, the main character, because he feel like, I feel like there's so many hidden secrets with him and the things that he's wanting to find out more about himself. And especially with the family dynamic that he has. And I want to know more about that. And so I'm hoping that it dwells deeper into that as well. Cause I feel like that also has a lot to do with his own personalities and own reasons for wanting to research this phenomenon that's happening again. Yeah. So guys, overall, I'm relatively satisfied with our two shows. I, I think you guys did a great job of picking things out. Once again, 
none of the shows that I picked. Well, I think Chaos Child. I did have Chaos Child. Uh, but you guys picked a couple of great shows once again. That, that's kind of how things go on this show, Shay. Uh, usually Cody and you will pick two great shows and I will have shows that only I might be interested in. That's kind of how it goes, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> but I know you guys have good tastes, so it's all right. Well, you have good taste too. Chaos Child's a good one. <laughs> this is the podcast for good taste. Well, we're, we're exactly. trying. We're, we're at least, if we don't have good taste, we can at least tell you what shows to avoid because we've done that before too. <laughs> That's our specialty as well. <laughs> if a show is absolutely awful, we're not afraid to say it. That that's a great thing. And we hope that among other reasons is that you listen to the next episode of It's in Season. Shay, the anime reviewer girl, what have you got going on? Have you got some videos you want to tell us about and where can we find them? Yeah. So I came out with my latest video came out yesterday. I did a top five of my favorite anime villains. And you can check those out on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash anime review girl. Um, so check those out there. I post every Wednesday and Saturday on there. And of course, I have my anime blog and I post on there as well. Um, so yeah, check me out on both of those. And I will have more new videos soon. Working on a new video for Wednesday. Not for sure on my topic just yet. But it'll be something amazing. <laughs> Yes, it will, Shay. Codiferous, my young friend, I, I think you have something brand new going on, don't you? I do. It's not officially out there. I've only posted maybe once, but yeah. I know you're a big fan of regular show as well, and I'm a huge fan. And The finale just got to me, and it made me want to go back and rewatch the series. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going back. I'm watching. I'm reviewing. I'm relating to it. I'm trying to go back with the good, re- good memories, and I'm That's, learning about like the in the history of the show as well. That is, and you can, awesome. yeah, it's great. And you can find that at anything but regular dot wordpress dot com. Anything but regular dot wordpress dot com, and one thing that I loved so much about regular show when when it started is that Mordecai and Rigby were right around the same age as I was at the time and seeing how the show progressed over time was fantastic and now that I know that you're like right at the perfect age for regular show it's it's awesome so I'm really looking forward to you discovering this show and I hope you I hope you enjoy it I really do because I've loved regular show from the very beginning I thought it ended really strong so yeah make sure to check that out anything but regular dot wordpress dot com uh I'm David also known as DJM there's a brand new episode of two nerdy black guys that just came out guys where you can hear all about my trip to Washington DC where I got this terrible cold and until then, you can check out everything else in iTunes. Uh, search for It's In Season. Search for my name, David Majors, or just the name It's In Season. And thank you all for listening to this episode. We will continue with Scum Swish and Chaos Child 
on the next exciting episode of It's In Season. Thanks for listening. Bye.